What's going on, everybody? My name is Ryan Stout, and I am the host of Sports Talk with Ryan Stout. I'm an aspiring sports journalist, and each week I will bring you the latest in the MLB, the NBA, and the NFL. I live stream through YouTube weekly, and you can also find my episodes on any podcast streaming service. For now, enjoy the latest in sports from yours truly. Alright, what's going on everybody? Welcome to Sports Talk with Ryan Stout, bringing you your latest in the NBA, NFL, and MLB. Today we got some MLB, uh, I'm sorry, not MLB, today we have some NFL topics, we have NFL free agency to go over, and of course yesterday was M- the NBA's trade deadline, but before we, we jump into all of that, I do want to advertise to you guys, Crunch Time Sports Show hosted by John Mark Stivers, that's on YouTube. You can also find Fuel to the Fire hosted by Landon Hammonds on YouTube as well. Sometimes he goes live to Facebook, so you're going to want to join that Facebook group as well. And then you can also check out uh, Sports Corner with the Con Man, hosted by Michael Consatio. You can find that on any podcast streaming service. All three of the shows are tremendous, uh, hosted by some great guys who uh, who all love to talk sports. And, of course, if you guys want to join uh, my Facebook group, you can go on Facebook and join Sports Talk with Ryan Stout. That's my group on Facebook. You'll get updates on uh things around the sports world as they are breaking, and you'll also get updates on uh, show times, different things like that. So uh, without further ado, let's jump right in. I'm going to start with the NFL today because we had some big free agency news um, this week, and we have uh, some stuff to go over, and then I'll go into some NBA uh, trade deadline talks. So as I was going off the air last week, I got a text from my man Landon he texted me right as I went off the air last uh, last Wednesday. And he texted me and he said, Ryan, A.J. Green just went to the Cardinals. And my immediate thought was the week prior, I had been doing a show with Michael, the con man Michael Consatio. And he was, he was on our show and we were talking about um, if the Buccaneers were the team to beat in the NFC finally. And, well, I shouldn't say finally. I, I The question was if they were the team to beat going into this season. And he said to me that, of course, you know, they're the number one team to beat, but the Cardinals are going to be the team to watch out for. And I agreed. I said the Buccaneers just won a Super Bowl. They're the team to beat. They, you know, they have Tom Brady. They have Rob Gronkowski. They have Mike Evans, all these guys for the Buccaneers. And then I went off the air last week and AJ Green got sent to the Cardinals. Literally the second I went off the air, he got sent to the Arizona Cardinals. He was a free agent, sorry. And he signed with the Arizona Cardinals. And my immediate thought was that the Cardinals now own the NFC. And call me crazy, okay? Because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just won the Super Bowl. I get all that. They got Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, just to name a few. They're defensive on the defensive side of the ball. They got Vita Vea, Najama Kinsu, Shaq Barrett, you name them. They're they're all there. I could go days ending these guys. Uh naming these guys, sorry. But in my opinion, it starts from the man behind center. And that man is Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. I counted out Tom Brady in the New Orleans Saints game last year. And that was my fault. That was my fault. Last playoffs. 
Father time catches up to us all, especially people in the sports world. You look at a guy like Kobe Bryant, God rest his soul. Father time caught up to him his, after 2010. Michael Jordan, father time caught up to him after 1998. It's, it, it, it happens to all of us. And I think this might be the year that Tom Brady, that Father Time catches up to Tom Brady. Now, this isn't to say that they're not going to win the NFC South because they're going to win the NFC South. They have no competition. But they're not going to win the NFC, in my opinion. The Cardinals are going to win the NFC because let's look at the young squad that they have, okay? They have Kyler Murray behind center. They have a solid offensive line. They have DeAndre Hopkins, the best receiver in the one of the best receivers in the game, in my opinion. Easily one of the best receivers in the game. They have a guy like AJ Green, now who they just picked up. And now check this out. AJ Green had 523 yards and two touchdowns last year. It wasn't a good year for AJ Green on the Cincinnati Bengals. But he, what was he like? He might have been the first option. T. Higgins was on that team. I know that. I don't know that he was utilized that much. And, of course, Joe Burrow got injured. So he didn't really have anybody throwing the ball to him. So two touchdowns, that's okay. He didn't, he didn't have a great year. But in my opinion, he still can get the job done. Look at Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald regressed after he went to the Super Bowl. And he could still get the job done. I think we're going to see the same thing with A.J. Green. I think now that A.J. Green is the second option in Arizona, it's going to be a lot better off for him. So you have those guys on the offensive end. Christian Kirk, even, who can who's mediocre at best. And on the defensive side of the ball, you just picked up J.J. Watt. You have Chandler Jones. You have Buda Baker, who, in my opinion, say what you will. I know Landon and I disagree on this one. Buda Baker is a top 10 safety in the league, in my opinion. Easy. He's one of the best safeties in the game right now. And, of course, Isaiah Simmons, who's young, but he can play. Isaiah Simmons is going to have a bounce back year, in my opinion. This team is built to go to the Super Bowl, and I think they're going to be representing the NFC in this coming year's Super Bowl. Obviously, we know in the AFC you have the Chiefs and the and the uh, the Bills that are going to be fighting for that spot. But still, when you look at the NFC, you can't other than the Packers. The Bucks, and 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 that's really it. The Packers, the Bucks, maybe the Cowboys. If you throw them into that conversation, the Seahawks have regressed. Other than the Packers and the Bucks, there's nobody else that really stands in the way of the Arizona Cardinals, in my opinion. There's nobody. So the Cardinals moving from third best in the NFC West to third best in the NFC, in my opinion, that's a big step up. And you can talk all you want about the NFC West, right? You can talk about how the Rams might win the NFC West. I think the Rams are going to be a two, uh, at the two spot, and they're going to have a wild card game because I don't think Matt Stafford's as good as everybody thinks he is. Matt Stafford is overhyped, in my opinion, in L.A. right now. Because here's the thing about Matt Stafford. When your career accolade is being selected to a Pro Bowl that you weren't even selected to, there's a problem. That's not a great quarterback. That's a mediocre quarterback, maybe even good, not great, not phenomenal, not elite. Matt Stafford is a good quarterback in an elite quarterback's world. He has the arm strength. He can't roll out of the pocket. 
He had he he had Calvin Johnson. You can ask all that. You can ask all the all you want about what receivers he had. He had Calvin Johnson. He had Kenny Galladay, and he still couldn't get into the playoffs. His one career accolade is being selected to a Pro Bowl that he wasn't even ever selected to. He was he was a sub for Peyton Manning, who went to the Super Bowl that year. So, in my opinion, not only do the Arizona Cardinals own the NFC West, the Arizona Cardinals own the NFC. Now, well, well, it's tight between the Packers, the Bucks, and the Cardinals. But I think the Cardinals are going to be in the Super Bowl. They're young, they're scrappy. Kyler Murray's got some experience under his belt. They have one of the they have one of the best, if not the best, receiver in the game. And they picked up JJ Watt, one of the best defenders we've ever seen. So I think it's time. I think I think this is Arizona's time. I really do. The Dolphins, moving to the AFC East, signed Will Fuller uh, in free agency this week, making the AFC East a very interesting division now because I think we all know that the Bills are going to own the AFC East. Nobody's getting past the Bills in the AFC East because they're going to improve. The second the second place race is going to be interesting because right now we're looking at a guy like Devontae Smith who could get drafted the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, not the Arizona Cardinals, the Miami Dolphins. And... Will Fuller, who they just picked up. So, you look at that receiving core with a guy like Tua and Mike Gusecki at the tight end, and you just need a little defense work, and you're and you and you're fine, and you and then you, and then you become a contender in the AFC East. Now, the problem with that second place race in the AFC East is now the Patriots went shopping. The Patriots got like seven players. They have a great tight end tandem. So. The AFC East might be one of the best divisions in the NFL this year. We have to see. Because who's the other team in that division? The Jets? The Jets aren't going to be good. All right, they just got Robert Sala, a new coach. And he's going to need time to develop the Jets. The Jets are not going to be good. Jets fans, if you're, if you're expecting your team to be good this year, you're going to have to wait a couple more years. Because right now, the Patriots went shopping. They improved, even though they have Cam Newton behind center, who I think is a mediocre quarterback right now. You have, you have, you're going to have to beat Miami, who, in my opinion, if they get Devontae Smith and they get Will Fuller, then two is going to bounce back, in my opinion. The Miami Dolphins can compete for the AFC East. The only, the only two teams in that division that can't compete for the AFC East are the Patriots and the Jets. The Patriots are good. They picked, up, they picked up like seven guys in free agency. They're not good enough to win the AFC East. The Dolphins, on the other hand, are, as, are good enough to win the AFC East. If they can pick up some defensive players. If they can pick up some defensive players. Will they? I'm not sure. But it's a possibility. And they could get Jalen Waddell in the draft, too. That's three Alabama stars. You have Devontae Smith, Tua Tagovailoa, Jalen Waddle, all on the same team. I think if I were the Dolphins going into this year's NFL draft, I would take Devontae Smith with my first-round pick because I think they have the third pick now. So I'd take Devontae Smith with that pick because they need him to, uh, to be a good tandem with Will Fuller. The second pick I would not use on Jalen Waddle. I would use on a defensive player, maybe like a linebacker, let's say. Because that could help. That that could really, really help them. But again, 
is it going to be good enough to win the AFC East? We're not sure. We have to see what kind of year the Bills have. And in my opinion, the Bills are going to be competing for the AFC. Again, with the Kansas City Chiefs. It's going to be the same as last year. Because those are two. Those are the two teams that own the AFC. The AFC. Kansas City, One of, in, in my opinion, you can talk all you want about Tampa Bay beating them in the Super Bowl. Kansas City is the best team in the league. Because if Kansas City had those two tackles, then they would have won the Super Bowl. So they're the best team in the league, in my opinion, right now. But closely behind them is the Buffalo Bills because Josh Allen improved so much. Stephon Diggs, they picked him up. Cole Beasley is uh, still on that team. Mitch Trubisky now is the backup in Buffalo. Buffalo has had had a tremendous offseason so far. Or has had, I should say. So, the AFC East could be the new best division in the NFL. We'll just have to see. Only time will tell. But I think, too, the other thing that the Patriots need to do... Now, call me crazy. They just re-signed him. I think the Patriots need to get rid of Cam Newton. I think they need to look for a trade with Cam Newton. Either that or... I'm not quite sure what pick the Patriots have in the draft. But if they have a, uh, uh, an early enough pick, they can go for a guy like... Uh, they can go for a guy... Oh, what's his name? I don't know his name. He plays at North Dakota State. I'll think of it. Um, Trey Lance. Trey Lance. They could go for a guy like Trey Lance and sort of give him a shot. But I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to keep Cam Newton for another year. And when they realize how bad he is, they're going to try and trade him before the trade deadline in the NFL. But but by that point, nobody's going to want him. So we'll just have to see what happens with the New England Patriots there. I think they're going to. I think the New England Patriots have a shot at the second spot. They have a shot. The way I see the AFC East uh, shaping up right now is obviously the Bills at one, Miami at two, New England closely behind at three, and of course the Jets at four. That's a good division, though, headed into next year. All right, moving on. Our third topic for NFL free agency, and our last topic for NFL free agency before we move to the NBA. I get to talk, finally, about my Minnesota Vikings. And it's not all going to be good. They re- they signed Patrick Peterson, who is 30 years old. Last year, he had three interceptions. Or he, he caught three interceptions. I don't like the signing as a Minnesota Vikings fan. And I'll tell you why. The Minnesota Vikings, for years now, have been a team, have been a win-now team. In other words, what they do in the offseason is they try to... They get these guys that are that have been veterans. They're not in their prime anymore. And they try to win a Super Bowl now. And then what ends up happening is they go somewhere between 9 and 7 and 11 and 4. And end up being a wild card and maybe losing the divisional round. That's that is my depiction of a typical Minnesota Vikings season. And as a Minnesota Vikings fan, it's kind of tiring to see that. So what I think the Minnesota Vikings should have done is obviously not sign Patrick Peterson because he's a veteran and he is somebody that's not in his prime anymore. And that's a typical Minnesota Vikings signing. So let's look, let's look at it this way on the offense right now. The Minnesota Vikings have Kirk Cousins behind center, who is a mediocre quarterback. They have Adam Thielen, who is an old wide receiver because in the next two or three years, nobody's going to want it on the other on the other side of the receiving tandem, 
They have Justin Jefferson, who in my opinion is going to be one of the best receivers in the league two or three years down the line. Maybe, well, maybe not. Maybe four or five. But Justin Jefferson is already breaking records. So they need to they need to restructure around Justin Jefferson. Because what I'm worried about as a Minnesota Vikings fan is Dalvin Cook is going to one out in the next two or three years. Or maybe even next year. Because Dalvin Cook is going, at some point, he's going to want to win a Super Bowl. And the Vikings are not going to win a Super Bowl right now. So that means that Dalvin Cook's going to want out. Yeah, they're going to have to deal with that. They're going to have to get rid of Adam Thielen. Because two or three years down the line, nobody's going to want Adam Thielen. So they need to get rid of him now, either trade him for picks or a young player. And they already got rid of Kyle Rudolph, and they need to get rid of Kirk Cousins. They need to get rid of Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is in his 30s, and he's a mediocre quarterback. They need to improve the offensive line as well. And on the defensive side of the ball, this year they have Michael Pierce coming back. They have Daniel Hunter coming back. They have Anthony Barr coming back, and they have Eric Kendricks coming back. That's four big players on the defense, plus Patrick Peterson. Harrison Smith is also there. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, if I'm the Minnesota Vikings, I'm also getting rid of Harrison Smith because Harrison Smith is on the back end of his career. He's another guy that in two or three years, nobody's going to want to sign Harrison Smith. So get rid of him now while you can. Bottom line, I think the Vikings need to rebuild. They need to rebuild. If the Vikings want to win a Super Bowl, they absolutely positively need to rebuild. They can't keep having win-now seasons. It's never going to work. It's never going to work. If you keep trying to win now, you're always going to be a middle-of-the-pack team. Every team that has ever won a Super Bowl, follow it back. Go ahead. Follow it back. Every team, in my opinion, that has ever won a Super Bowl, you very rarely see a team win a Super Bowl that was a win-now team just before they won. They always rebuilt beforehand. You can always attribute a rebuild to a Super Bowl win. And the Minnesota Vikings have not rebuilt in the past decade. All right? They had Adrian Peterson. They replaced him with Dalvin Cook. Immediately, they replaced him with Dalvin Cook. They had Christian Ponder. They replaced him with Matt Castle. They got Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater got hurt. They got... Sam Bradford, from Sam Bradford, they went to Kirk Cousins. All, with the exception of Teddy Bridgewater, all of those quarterbacks are middle-of-the-pack quarterbacks. They had Percy Harvin on the wide, on the, as a wide receiver. They went from Percy Harvin to Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. That was an upgrade. They also had Case Keenum, who took him to the NFC Championship that one year. And defense obviously improved. So, obviously, the best shot the Vikings had at even coming close to winning a Super Bowl was 2018. Now, after that, they got Kirk Cousins, and they went off the deep end. Because Kirk Cousins is not good, guys. I'm sorry. Kirk Cousins is not a good quarterback. So, what what the Vikings need to do now is they need to clean house. And they need to get younger, and they need to sort of find these elite players that are going to help them build a dynasty if they want to win a Super Bowl. I mean, the Vikings have never won a Super Bowl. And I can't tell you the last time that the Vikings rebuilt. So, it's time for Minnesota to rebuild. Now, the problem, too, that comes up with rebuilding, if you're the Minnesota Vikings, is that the Minnesota Vikings don't have a big market. They're not a big market team. So, you need to utilize the draft. 
That's where that comes in. So, if they can utilize the draft, get rid of those guys, and rebuild, and clean house, and just start new, the Vikings have a shot at winning a Super Bowl. And that's what I have for you guys on uh, the NFL side of things. Now, yesterday, the NBA trade deadline, we saw a lot of different moves. A lot of guys being moved. And I'm going to talk about a few of the big ones, starting with my Boston Celtics. They picked up Evan Fournier, who is averaging 19-2-3. And, and the uh, the Magic sent, or the Celtics sent two second-round picks for Evan Fournier from the Magic. And this is a complicated signing for the Boston Celtics because Evan Fournier is a great three-point shooter, but he can't defend like Marcus Smart. And and it, let it be known that Evan Fournier, Fournier, and Marcus Smart are both shooting guards. So now you have the predicament of, do we get rid of Marcus Smart, or do we leverage Evan Fournier into a new deal? And I thought about this. I thought about this for a day, since it happened yesterday, obviously. And the answer to this question is to keep Marcus Smart and leverage Evan Fournier into a new deal. Because originally I was happy about the Evan Fournier signing, and then I realized... The only thing Evan Fournier is good for is shooting. He can't defend like Marcus Smart. He can't facilitate like Marcus Smart. He's not as scrappy as Marcus Smart. So, if the Celtics were smart, they'd wait until the offseason. They'd try to leverage Evan Fournier into a new deal and try to get a guy like Andre Drummond. That's what the Boston Celtics need to do. Because if you can if you can keep Tristan Thompson, and keep him at the four, get Drummond at the five, that is a contender. Because let's look at the starting five they would have, okay? They'd have Kemba at the point guard. They'd have Jalen Brown at the shooting guard. Uh, Tatum at the three. Thompson at the four. And Drummond at the five. That's a, that is a contending team, in my opinion. So, I don't foresee them keeping Marcus Smart. I think it's what they should do. They're going to try. They're going to keep Fournier, in my opinion. But they should try and keep Marcus Smart. That's the guy they should try and keep. Denver signed Aaron Gordon from the Orlando Magic, who's averaging 14-6-4. And, and Denver gave away Gary Clark uh, for... Oh, and they also got Gary Clark, the Denver Nuggets did, from the Orlando Magic. And the Orlando Magic, uh, or the Denver Nuggets, gave up Gary Harris and RJ Hampton. And Aaron Gordon asked for a trade, and... Uh, this past week, and Denver is now fifth in the Western Conference. They're twenty six and eighteen, and this is going to help because Aaron Gordon is one of the is a scrappy power forward. He's a great player. He's one of the best players. Well, I shouldn't say he's one of the best players in the league. He's he's a, he's a good power forward. He may be top ten power forward, but this means that Paul Millsap is going to be coming off the bench now. Paul Millsap has regressed, but he's still a good player. Paul Millsap is still a good player, in my opinion. I don't have the stats on what he's averaging, but I know he's scrappy. I know he was good in Atlanta. And then when he went to Denver, he helped them out a lot. So I like the signing. I think it's going to propel them into a top five team in the West. And, you know, again, with Paul Millsap coming off the bench, that's also going to give you – that's that's a good spot for Paul Millsap right now because Paul Millsap's older, but he can still contribute, in my opinion. Chicago signed Nikola Vucevic, 24-11-3. He's averaging, and uh, 
tight, and they also signed Tice from Boston, who's averaging nine five and one. Now Chicago did well. Chicago did very well because let's look at it this way: Nikola Vucevic is averaging a double double right now, twenty four eleven and three. He's going to be at the five. Lowry Markkinen is going to be at the four. Colby White at the one. Zach Levine at the two. That, that, that's four solid players for Chicago. And Chicago could get into the playoff picture, actually, at, at maybe an eight spot. Because the Celtics aren't playing well right now. The Celtics may not make the playoffs. I can see Chicago slipping into an eight or seven spot. The Celtics could move up, though. But I like I like what Chicago did here because Tice is also a scrappy young player. He's going to be the backup for Nikola Vucevic. I think we all know that. He's going to be the backup. So, the only piece that Chicago is missing right now is that three. And, of course, they have the offseason. They have the draft. So Chicago's in good shape for a rebuild right now. They're in excellent shape for a rebuild. And, of course, Zach Levine being the leader of that team, you need to hold on to him. And Chicago should turn out just fine. Miami signed Victor Oladipo, 25-4, and and they traded him, or they traded Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, and 2022 swap rights for him to the Houston Rockets. And this might have been the steal of free agency, in my opinion. Because Oladipo isn't as good as he used to be, but he just he's coming off of that injury. And this is his first season back. And Oladipo needs to start proving himself in Miami. And I think he will. Because right now, Miami's starting five consists of Gordon Dragic, Victor Oladipo, uh, Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo. That's a good starting five. That is a solid starting five, and that's a team that right now is, I believe, 22-22. and 22. Not in the playoff picture, but they could move into a top-four team. This was, this, that's why I say it was the steal of the NBA trade deadline. Because Victor Oladipo, although not proving himself, he's still averaging 25-4, and four, and that's pretty darn good. So if Oladipo can keep those numbers up in Miami, they could be a playoff contending team. Now, what I find funny about this is Boston, Chicago, and Miami all have these signings, and I still don't think they're going to the finals. I think Brooklyn's going to the finals all the way, and they should be going to the finals. So none of these teams are good enough to beat Brooklyn, but it's sort of a step forward in the future. You know these teams are going to be contenders in the future. So I find that really interesting, is that it was sort of, okay, we know we're not getting out of the East, but we're going to build for the future, basically. And the Celtics have been good at that. Because the Celtics haven't been bad in a, in a long time. They haven't been bad in over a decade, in my opinion. Because they they were able to get picks, and they were able to just keep sort of... It was a rebuild process while still being an eight seed in the playoffs, which you rarely see. Uh, so that was pretty cool. And our final topic of the day. LeBron James is injured. Now, he, he has a high ankle sprain. Anthony Davis is not back yet. So, the Lakers are now without LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And remember, a while back, if you guys follow Fuel to the Fire, I was on Landon's show, and I said that the problem with the Lakers is when one goes down, they both go down. They're not good without both of them. They're not good with just one of those players. So, now both of them are down, and now the Lakers are fighting for a playoff swap because Braun is going to be back for another month. And we don't know when Anthony Davis is going to come back. And I guarantee you Anthony Davis isn't going to come back 100%. It won't happen. So, the problem now becomes 
they don't have their two best players. Everybody's talking about the MVP race with LeBron. That doesn't matter right now. What matters is that the Lakers are now going to be fighting for a playoff spot. LeBron's averaging 25-7-7, or was, before he got injured. He's going to be out for about a month before the NBA playoffs start. And again, we don't know where Anthony Davis, we don't know what's going on with Anthony Davis, but I can assure you he's not going to be 100%. And he's, uh, he's injury prone, so that doesn't help either. So, what I can see happening with the Lakers is they are probably going to be, in my opinion, a sixth seed in this Western Conference. Because the Western Conference is so tough. You can't go a month without these players if you're the Lakers. You get you have teams like Phoenix, Utah, uh, Denver, Dallas even, Portland, Golden State. I mean, the Western Conference is stacked, and they are tough. And it is not enough... And the Lakers don't have enough to beat these teams without LeBron and Anthony Davis. Now, granted, when they have LeBron and Anthony Davis, they're one of the best teams in the league. But right now, no, they're not good. The Lakers, the Lake Show is over. I, I, I sent that in our fuel to the fire chat, and everybody's like, "Calm down, calm down." But no, because th- these two guys. And then we don't know how long Anthony Davis is going to be out. LeBron James is out for at least a month. So if Anthony Davis comes back, they're still not okay because they don't have Bron. You need the you need both of these guys on the court to be able to be a contending team. Simple as that. The Lakers need these two guys on the court to be a contending team. And that's where we end today's show. I think that was a good topic to end today's show. So. Again, if you guys enjoyed this podcast and you want to hear more just like it, go ahead and tune in. Sports Talk with Ryan Stout every Wednesday on YouTube, right here on YouTube, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. I thank you guys so much for the support. Uh, it's been a ride. We're coming up on summer. It's a, it's a couple months and it'll be a year since I started this thing. And um, I'm glad that I'm able to grow this and sort of get practice with uh, being a aspiring sports journalist and a sports broadcaster. So, again, I do appreciate all the support. If you guys want to check out some great podcasts, go ahead and check out Crunch Time Sports Show with John Mark Stivers on YouTube, Fuel to the Fire, hosted by Landon Hammonds on YouTube, and, of course, Sports Corner with the Con Man, Michael Consatio. That is on any podcast streaming service you can find. And, again, this has been your edition of Sports Talk with Ryan Stout.